in Psalm 45, we read, All glorious is the princess in the court. Her bridal gown with finest gold is wrought. She comes before the king in broidered robes. To you the maidens in her train are brought. With joy and gladness they are ushered in. They come into the palace of the king. Isn't that lovely? This morning we come into the palace of the king. And we're here to worship him. And so let's sing in our opening hymn, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. And so we'll stand to sing this opening hymn. Let's unite our hearts as we pray together. Let's pray. Almighty and everlasting God, in you there is neither beginning nor end. 
For you are from everlasting to everlasting, ever good and ever true. And your mercy and your love endures forever. For you are our hope in life and in death. And in your word of promise we place our trust. And so, Lord, we approach a season where the nation has been grieving over the loss of their queen. And so today we do give thanks for the life of your servant, our Queen Elizabeth, whom now you have taken to be with you. Long has she reigned over us, offering support and courage, a steadying hand in difficult days, and a kindly presence in times of peace and prosperity. And so, Lord, we do praise you for her life, so rich in years and in service, for her unwavering commitment to country, commonwealth, and every generation, and for her trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, her devotion to the church. Lord, we do give you thanks. And so may she rest in peace and let the light of Christ shine upon her. And Lord, we remember especially the family at this time in their loss, comfort. Especially our king as he assumes his new responsibilities. Assure them of, our, of your unending love. Grant them the consolation of cherished memories and the hope of your promised kingdom. And so, Lord, as we lift up the royal family. Lord, we lift up the nations of the world. And Lord, may the peace of Christ fill each heart here and to overflowing. And Lord, may we even this morning know a foretaste of that kingdom joy. Lord, a foretaste of our eternal home. Lord, will you fill this sanctuary with love, joy, delight, the delights of God. And Lord, may even the angels join us in our worship, in our singing, in our praise. For Lord, we come to worship the King of Kings. And so Lord, I ask that you'd bless each heart as we now share in the Lord's Prayer, praying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, we're going to take our reading this morning from the Old Testament book of 1 Kings. 1 Kings in chapter 10. 
When the Queen of Sheba heard about the fame of Solomon and his relationship to the Lord, she came to test Solomon with hard questions. Arriving at Jerusalem with a very great caravan, with camels carrying spices, large quantities of gold and precious stones. She came to Solomon and talked with him about all that she had on her mind. Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was too hard for the king to explain to us. When the Queen of Sheba saw all the wisdom of Solomon and the palace he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his officials, the attending servants in their robes, his cupbearers and the burnt offerings he made at the temple of the Lord. She was overwhelmed. She said to the king, The report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true. But I did not believe these things until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half was told me. In wisdom and wealth, you have far exceeded the report I heard. How happy your people must be. How happy your officials, who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Praise be to the Lord your God, who has delighted in you and placed you on the throne of Israel. Because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel, he has made you king to maintain justice and righteousness. And he gave the king a hundred sorry, and she gave the king hundred and twenty talents of gold, large quantities of spices and precious stones. Never again were so many spices brought in as those the Queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. Amen. And may the Lord bless us the reading of his precious words. Well, Frederick William Farrer, who was the Dean of Canterbury, he was a close friend to Queen Victoria, and he recounts how Queen Victoria had heard one of her chaplains preach on the second coming of Christ, how Christ is coming again. And so she explained to Farrer, Oh, how I wish that the Lord would come during my time. Farrer responded, Why does your majesty feel this very earnest desire? Because I should so love to lay my crown at his feet. Isn't that lovely? Here's Queen Victoria, longing for a day when Jesus would return. When Jesus would come in all his majesty and splendor. And she was so excited about the thought of it. That if he came in her day, she could get to lay her crown at his feet. Well, although in 1 Kings chapter 10, the Queen of Sheba, she didn't lay her own crown at the feet of King Solomon. But I want you to notice what she did lay down. Here's the Queen of Sheba. She's heard all about Solomon. And the half wasn't even told it. We're told that she was so overwhelmed by her visit. She brought treasures, precious treasures to Solomon. And notice when you go through the chapter, notice how often gold is mentioned. 
And I believe the, the writer here wants to show us the splendor and the majesty of the kingdom, the kingdom of God. 1 Kings chapter 10. It's a, it's a word of testimony to the glory of God. For the Queen of Sheba, <coughs> she's right. The half hasn't been told, but even what she saw on her visit to King Solomon, still the half hasn't been told. What a day is to come for all who put their trust in Christ, all who lay their hearts at the feet of Jesus. <coughs> We're told that one day, Oh, we're going to see the kingdom ushered in, in all its fullness. As the old gospel songs tell us, the streets of gold with such brilliance will brighten your day, will brighten your eternal day. Yes, it's a word to us today of testimony to the glory of God. But 1 Kings chapter 10 is also a word of, of prophecy. In Psalm 72, we read, May he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May his foes bow down before him and his enemies lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and of the isles render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all kings fall down before him. All nations serve him. Long may he live. May gold of Sheba be given to him. Isn't that lovely? First Kings chapter 10, I believe the, the writer, he wants to also show that this is a word of prophecy. Gold was brought. Isaiah 60 tells us, Because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you, the wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah, and those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. What a wonderful word of prophecy. And so when the queen of Sheba came, she was fulfilling the word of the Lord. And what a wonderful word of promise. When you read earlier in 1 Kings chapter 8, King Solomon actually prayed, As for the foreigner who does not belong to your people, Israel, but has come from a distant land because of your name, for men will hear of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm. When he comes and prays towards this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place and do whatever the foreigner asks of you so that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you as do your own people Israel and may know that this house I have built bears your name. Here's Solomon. He had prayed, Lord, Please let nations, let even the Gentile nations, flow into Israel and to honor you. May they bring treasures, may they bring gold, may they bring all oh, 
may they bring their hearts to you, that they would fear you, that they would put their trust in you. And so 1 Kings chapter 10, chapter 10, yes, it's a word of testimony to the glory of God. It's a word of prophecy and it's a word of promise. It's a fulfilled promise to Solomon. But this morning, I want us to, our hearts just to be drawn to this queen, the queen of Sheba. Jesus highlights her. We're told that at the judgment, at the end of time, the queen of Sheba will even bear, she'll point to Christ and condemn those who didn't believe. So let's notice three things about this queen that I want to highlight this morning. First of all, notice that the queen of Sheba came from a distance. She travelled far to meet the king. We're told that she came from Sheba, 1,500 miles away. And as she comes to the palace of Solomon, she had lived near the Yemen. And so here she is, she travelled days and days to be in the palace of the king. Now, we're also told that she had already heard about the king. She heard about his wisdom, his wealth, his splendor, his majesty. She had heard all about the king. Even from a distant land, she knew all about him. But we notice, and she testifies herself, that she wasn't content hearing all about the king. Did you get that? She was at a distance and she wasn't happy being at a distance. She knew all about the king. She seemed to know everything, even his wisdom. She knew how clever he was. But she wasn't content knowing about King Solomon. She had to come herself. She wanted to meet with the king. She wanted an encounter with the king in his palace. She wanted to really know him face to face. She wasn't content being at a distance, just watching on and hearing all about the history of King Solomon and all the news reports coming in. Oh, have you heard the latest news on King Solomon? Oh, she wasn't content. And so here she comes, desperate to meet the king, face to face. And the question comes, why? Why was she so desperate to meet King Solomon? What was it that was drawing her? Well, we're told in 1 Kings chapter 10, she came in regards to his God. You know, we often miss that. Many commentators will often highlight how the queen came and she was shown through all the rooms and, all, and she saw all the gold and the splendor. And at the end of her visit, she was so overwhelmed. 
and how she comments how, oh, how happy your people must be. And, you know, a lot of commentators just focus on her visit. And we often miss out why she came. She came because of Solomon's God. Something had touched her heart in relation to the God of Solomon, the God of Israel. And so here she comes. Yes, she came from a distance, not just to meet King Solomon. She came from a distance to come and meet with God. Notice, yes, she came from a distance. And many of you here today may have that testimony. It may be that when you were younger, you had no concern for church, for the Lord Jesus, for the gospel. Do you remember a day when you felt as if you were far from God? You would, maybe you heard all about Jesus, you went to Sunday school, maybe you even came to church. And you would hear about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But yet nothing moved you, nothing touched you. You still felt as if you were at a distance. Do you remember days like that? Or maybe for some, you feel like that today. Yes, you may feel, Scott, I'm in the church, but I feel as if I'm far from God. The Queen of Sheba, we're told that she came to the king from a distance. I often think of when Elijah was about to enter glory. And the prophets, there were was, was schools of prophets who honored Elijah in his lifetime. And Elisha, Elijah's servant, these prophets would tell Elijah, oh, it's a shame, isn't it? Elijah is going to die. He's going to be taken off to glory. He's going to heaven. He's going to be with the, with the Lord. And Elisha would just tell him to be quiet. And these groups of prophets, and wherever Elijah and Elisha went, all these wee towns and villages, these prophets would tell Elisha the same thing. Oh, it's a shame, isn't it? Elijah's going to leave us now. He's going to glory. And Elisha again, his heart would just be discouraged and he would say, be quiet. But see, when you read the story of these prophets, we're told that they watched from a distance. They watched from a distance. And even when Elijah and Elijah went down to the valley where Elijah was going to be taken up in the chariots in a whirlwind of fire, we're told that 50 prophets stood on the hill watching from a distance. But remember Elisha? Elisha wasn't there on the hillside with the prophets, with other Christians looking on at a distance. No, he wanted to go right down into the, even into the deepest valley. He went into the Jordan there. He wanted to be with Elijah. And he wanted to see God face to face. And Elijah told him, well, if you see me caught up in the glory of God, you'll receive a double portion and my mantle. Here's Elisha. Oh, he wasn't happy watching from a distance. Same as John in the New Testament, John the Beloved. We're told that Peter stood at a distance when Jesus 
was arrested. Peter just watched from a distance all that was going on. But John, oh, he wanted to be there. John, the beloved, wanted to be right with Jesus all the way to the cross. But Peter had his wee blip. And so we're told this morning, yes, the queen, she came from a distance to meet with the king concerning his God. The other thing we notice about queen, the queen of Sheba was that she consulted with the king. She came with hard questions. She wanted to know everything. To her, Solomon was so wise. He just carried the wisdom of God about him. And so she asks hard questions. And I'm sure she must have asked questions about politics and about government, about trade, about war. I'm sure she must have asked every hard question. There at can you picture the Queen of Sheba <coughs> at Prime Minister's time? Oh, she would be asking every tough question. And here she is at King's time, asking all the hard questions of Solomon. And I'm sure she would have asked questions as well about the fine arts, language, fashion and design, and the structure of the palace and all these things. And she would have asked questions about the people. Oh, how happy they must be. Are they content? They must be. She would have asked, I'm sure, questions about their work, about the food they ate. She asks everything. Do you remember when Jesus was approached by the Pharisees. We're told that the Pharisees came with hard questions. But you know, the Pharisees, we're told, didn't come to listen. They didn't come to learn. They had all the hard questions to ask Jesus, but really they didn't want to receive from him. They just wanted to trap him. But the Queen of Sheba is so different. She comes with the hard questions to the king. Because she wanted to learn. She wanted to listen. Her heart wanted to know the heart of the king. That's a queen's heart. We're told that these Pharisees came. Yes, with their clever arguments and conundrums. And then they demanded a sign. That Jesus would give a sign. But what did Jesus tell these Pharisees? No sign shall be given. Only the sign of Jonah and the sign of the Queen of Sheba. Isn't that amazing? That that's the only sign they would receive. Jesus was telling the Pharisees, do you not remember? You're asking me for a sign. Do you remember Jonah? How he travelled a distance Declaring the gospel. He didn't come with signs and wonders. The people believed. The Queen of Sheba. She didn't come asking King Solomon to turn a rod into a snake. He, she didn't come asking for signs and wonders. She came and she believed. 
And these Pharisees, the only sign Jesus said I'm going to give to you is the sign of Jonah and the sign of the Queen of Sheba. Yes, they came from a distance and they believed in the King of Kings. And here the Queen of Sheba, yes, she will come from a distance and she will consult with the king all that's on her heart. She asked every hard question to learn, to be at the master's feet. She was like Mary of Bethany. She just wanted to be at the feet of Jesus, to learn, to be with him, to consult with the king. And so, yes, she came with all her hard questions. But I want you to notice, especially if you read the King James Version, it says that she also asked questions of all that was on her heart. She had questions to do with her heart. There were things that had pained her. And I just wondered if she may have asked Solomon, do you think your God would forgive me? Do you think God would redeem me? Do you think God would save me? Do you think that I could possibly enter into the kingdom of God one day? Do you think I could one day be with the king of kings? Do you think one day I could, like Queen Victoria, do you think I could lay my crown down one day to, for the King of Kings? Do you think, Solomon, that God would cleanse my heart of all my sin? Do you think I could get a new beginning, a new start? Could I have my slate wiped clean? Here she is, the Queen of Sheba. Yes, she came from a distance. She wasn't content hearing all about King Jesus. She wanted to meet with King Jesus herself. And she consulted there concerning Solomon's God. Yes, she came from a distance. She consulted with the king. But I also want you to notice that she also communed with the king. She got to sit down. And we're told that she just opened her heart. I like that. And I'm sure as she communed with the king, as she opened her heart, she would have shared, I'm sure, her sorrows, her joys, her own plans. I'm sure she would have shared her own failures. her pains, her trials, her temptations. I'm sure she would have communed with the king, opening her heart, telling him everything, all her worries, all her concerns. We're also told that, and then her eyes were opened. How happy the people must be to have you as their king. I like that. Her heart was opened and her eyes were opened. Yes, she saw the glory of the palace of the king. 
all the gold and the treasure, but her eyes were open to something beyond. She could see that Solomon's God, oh, he must have, uh, he, he must be altogether glorious. If this is King Solomon, what is his God like? Her, her eyes were opened. Oh, how happy. Oh, to be in the presence of God. And so here, the Queen of Sheba, yes, she came from a distance. She consulted with the king and she communed with the king. She sat down, she rested in the presence of the king and opened her heart and her eyes were opened. Oh, is that your desire this morning? It may be that you came to church this morning from a distance. Maybe some of you have travelled a wee bit further than Stevenson to be here. But I wonder if there's a heart here today and you've travelled a distance in your heart. Maybe you came this morning feeling, oh, I'll go to church, but you know, I don't feel like it. At the moment, I feel at a distance. I feel hard. I don't feel that spiritual life that I once knew. I don't feel that fire that I once knew. I don't feel that love for Jesus that I once knew. Scott, today, I'm coming from a distance. Can I encourage you to look at the heart of a queen? Look at this queen. Although she came from a distance, oh, she just came. And she consulted with the king all that was on her heart. Can I encourage you this morning? Will you speak to the Lord? Will you open your heart to the Lord? Tell him all that's on your heart. Tell him your worries. Tell him your anxious thoughts. Tell him your joys. Tell him your sorrow. Tell him your pains and your heartaches and your doubts and your fears. Will you consult with the Lord this morning? And will you sit down and rest in his presence? In a wee moment, we're going to have a wee time of prayer. And I would encourage you to commune with the Lord. Will you ask him today, Lord... Can I come unto you and rest? I want to come unto you and I want to sit down in your presence. I just want to, Lord, just, oh, just to know your peace, to know your forgiveness, to know your mercy. Lord, I would love to know just your love because, Lord, I feel at a distance. Today, will you receive the King of Kings? He wants to be with you. <laughs> Jesus said, I wish that you were where I am so that you would behold my glory. It's always on the heart of Christ to see you. He loves to see your face. He loves to hear your, your prayers. God loves you so deeply. And we often think that when we sin and when we fall short of his glory and we blunder again, we think that the last person the Lord would want to see is me. Often our sin drives us further away. But the gospel, the good news is that when you sin, 
you shouldn't be driven further away. You should be driven nearer to Christ. Because Jesus said, all who are weary, all who have sinned, all who have mucked up, all who have failed, come unto me and rest. I don't know how far you've traveled in your heart today, but the Lord invites you, come. Doesn't matter how far you've strayed away, will you come to Christ today? Will you draw near? Will you sit in his presence? And yes, tell him all that's in your heart. Consult with him. Tell him, Lord, please forgive me. Lord, please show me mercy again. Give me a new beginning. Is that your prayer? The Queen of Sheba, the Queen of the South, will be raised at the judgment with this generation and will condemn it because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And look, something greater than Solomon is here. Yes. The Queen of Sheba got to see the king in all his splendor and majesty. That was King Solomon. But we're told, oh, there's a greater than Solomon here today. There's a greater than Solomon. And we're invited, come. Will you come now to King Jesus, who's great, he's a greater than David, he's a greater than Solomon, he's the greatest king you will ever meet. And we are invited. We have a wonderful invitation to come today. I'm also talking to Christians here today. Those of you who, yes, you know the Lord, you love the Lord, but oh, you wish you were nearer. Nearer, still nearer. You wish that, oh Lord, I wish I was still closer still. Even as a Christian, as a believer, I still feel that I'm maybe at a distance. Will you come too? Oh, draw near. And let the Lord fill you. Let him fill you with his peace, his love, his mercy. And that he would renew your joy. And then as you leave here, oh, share the good news. There is a greater than Solomon. There is a greater king here. And so let's worship together as we pray. We're going to have a quiet time and then Billy's going to lead us in our intercessory prayers. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that in the quietness we can come to you. Lord, you know our every need and our every thought. And Lord, we thank you that we can bring them to you. The things that trouble us, the things that hold us back, we lay at your feet, Lord. And Lord, as we bow in your presence, we just pray that your Holy Spirit will move among us and touch us as we reach out and hand over the things that bother us. And Father, at this time, all, all we see on the news and the television is about the, the Queen lying in state and preparations for her funeral tomorrow. So Lord, we bring before you our, our King and our Royal Family, Lord, and we ask you at this difficult time that you will bless them. We ask, Lord, that 
as we now sing, God save the King, that indeed you will save our King. But Lord, even though there doesn't seem to be anything else on the news, we want to pray for those in poverty at this time who are struggling financially because of the cost of living increase to the high energy prices and the price of fuel, Lord. We just pray, Lord, that you will just be close to them, Lord, that you'll help them to, to manage. Lord, that the government will, will put in place things to, to resolve this issue, Lord. So we pray for our new Prime Minister and the government, Lord, that they will somehow come before you and be touched by you. Give them wisdom, Lord. Lord, we pray for those who are suffering from COVID, Lord. We, we don't hear anything at all about that on the news. But still, people we love and know are, are becoming ill with it, Lord. Lord, whether it be COVID itself or long COVID, Lord, we pray for a healing on each one of them, Lord. We pray that you will draw close to those families, Lord, for those who are ill and for those who are affected by their illness. We ask you to bless them. We pray for those of our fellowship who are unwell at this time, Lord, that you will bless them. We pray for those who are housebound, Lord, and can't get out. We ask that your Holy Spirit will comfort them and that you will send people family or friends to visit them Lord that they may have company and they will not feel lonely and Lord we pray for the events that are going on in our church this week Lord and we ask you to bless the leaders of the Rainbow Club the Prayer Fellowship the Discipleship Group and the Girls Brigade and we ask you to bless them as they dedicate their time to you and to the people who attend these meetings, Lord. And Lord, also for the fellowship night at the Mans, we, we pray that you will anoint Scott as he leads those who attend into a closer walk with you. And Father, we thank you for the opportunity that you give us to bring our tithes and our offerings. And Lord, we ask you to take them and use them for the extension of your kingdom. Lord, all these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks so much, Billy, for leading us in our intercessory prayers. Well, we're going to sing in our closing hymn, and this is really a, a prayer. I hear thy welcome voice that calls me, Lord, to thee, for cleansing in thy precious blood that flowed on Calvary. I am coming, Lord, coming now to thee. Wash me, cleanse me in the blood that flowed on Calvary. So let's stand as we worship together.
And so may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father and the fellowship, comfort and the power of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore.